two games left in the regular season after a weird one last night over the Nuggets. We are joined now by our Suns insider, the one and only Kellen Olson, who joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Kellen, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I also love that song. See? It's universal. You find me somebody who doesn't like September by Earth, Wind, and Fire, and I'll show you somebody you don't want to spend time with. You're darn right. That should be like your. If we start worrying about AI or aliens in 20 years, it's like, do you love this song? And if they say no, they're an alien or an artificial intelligence. <laughs> uh, I, I described it as a weird one last night. I don't think. I mean, there's other ways to describe it, but I think weird works. What were your takeaways from what we saw last night, Kellen? Yeah, it kind of speaks to how. I don't want to use the word ridiculous, but just how strange the last couple of days of the regular season can be for the majority of teams. I think we've seen the other side of the coin far too much in terms of not tanking necessarily, but just how weird the games can get when you sit a couple of guys and we might see the opposite of that kind of experience happen for the Suns tonight, right? Uh, Vegas right now has the Lakers as nine-and-a-half-point favorites. Now Monty Williams wouldn't say last night who's going to play, who's not going to, that they were going to go through their process. But Vegas at least certainly thinks right now that the Suns are going to sit some guys tonight. And then last night uh, they clearly dealt with the challenge of playing against a shorthanded team that they should clearly beat while having nothing to play for with seeding. Uh, When you lock in your playoff positioning and those regular season games don't, really matter besides the benefit of getting flow, getting rhythm, getting continuity built. I think that ladder just wasn't it. I think the guys were interested in building it, but they just didn't have the right mojo going into Mm -hmm. the game or getting on the court. I don't know what it was, but that was an opportunity for them. And maybe their last of this regular season to get one more crack with Kevin Durant to sort of did what we uh, to do what we saw against uh, San Antonio and Denver earlier uh, in the first half uh, earlier in the week and uh, they did not take it last night it took until uh, crunch time for them to beat that team yeah KO I, I joked earlier it's like almost like the zombie nuggets touched the sun starters and turned them into the zombie suns last night I mean the idea of playing your starters was to get extra minutes and try to continue the continuity and the growth with a relatively new starting lineup and taking advantage of these last few games and that was more important than potentially you know risking injuries in games that don't matter in the standings but watching that game last night I'm not sure the Suns got any benefit in terms of growth from that starting lineup with the way that game played out uh, except for maybe Chris Paul becoming a more the productive spot up shooter knocking down the seven threes. I mean, can you take anything from a growth standpoint in what we saw last night? I think the only thing they really got was the crunch time offense and the clutch time stuff. I think that spamming the same play that they did in Oklahoma City in this game and just having that to turn to, they did it once again. I think that was that was valuable for them, but that's the only thing I really take away from that game. I'm, I'm with you. I I wrote last night on the site on ArizonaSports.com that I don't see any reason why anyone should play now. Right. Now that uh, the coach see the coaching staff, of course, like they thought this like they, this kind of sentiment, right? We're like, okay, you guys will go out there. You guys still have a reason to play because you've only played seven games with Kevin. Mm-hmm. So you guys should try and build some more flow with him. This will be a great opportunity to do that. We've seen in Denver and San Antonio how the San Antonio game specifically, I believe, was the 42-point season high in the first quarter. Like trying to figure some things out, get get an extra base, right? But 
with the way the players sort of responded to it and just weren't able to find energy last night, I don't see any reason they should play tonight or on Sunday. Honestly, like I don't see what the point is. So from there, and and you can look at like even positives and say like, Hey, maybe you can figure out something about this bench in the last two games. Like I wouldn't even go there. I just think it's more about clearly last night. I don't, I don't want to say it was the primary thought of the players out there, but I'm certain that, not certain, but I feel like there had to be some sort of like don't get hurt energy out there, right? Like we're just yes, out here, absolutely, to, to get to get some run out here. Let's make sure we don't get hurt right before the playoffs, and let's just get out of here healthy. That's kind of what the energy felt like to me. And Vinny, you were on the floor, so you were closer to me, but. The amount of energy, not only like in the crowd, but on the floor, like that, it was pretty much non-existent. It was, it was kind of crazy to, to think. Yeah, and I, I did get a kick out of it too because I felt like, and you described it perfectly. The let's not get hurt energy, especially on defense. I mean, Denver was feasting in the paint, and then when the game was on the line, it kicked up a notch, and they did what they had to do uh, defensively. And I know you, uh, you, you wrote about this on Arizona Sports and. You know, it came up the last time the Suns and Lakers played that Kevin Durant and LeBron James haven't faced each other on a basketball court since Christmas Day of 2018. I agree with you. I don't think Durant should be out there tonight. I don't think any of the Suns starters should be out there. But the Lakers do have something to play for. LeBron is questionable. Do you think LeBron and AD actually give it a go tonight? I think that LeBron and AD will just because of how much teams want to avoid the play-in. Like, I think the right way to think about avoiding the play-in is, like, your season not being on the line. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be able to have a couple of extra days, especially the Lakers, man. Like, they're they're a team that would love those four or five days, six days without any games, right? Like, they they would really benefit from that rest specifically more than anyone. So I I do think that they play. But, yeah, it is is just a bummer. I wrote about that on the site that we haven't seen those two guys face off in five years because when it comes to – this generation of basketball in the last like 10 to 15 years, I really do think that those are the two best players to come out of it. And they've had some really great showdowns over the years, three in the NBA finals specifically, perhaps we see a fourth one at some point in the West this season. But I don't think we're going to see it tonight, unfortunately. And, and that's a bummer. And it kind of makes you wonder if the Suns should have rested their starters last night and played their starters tonight mm-hmm. because the Denver didn't have anything to play for last night either. They sat all five of their starters, but the Lakers have everything to play for tonight but the Suns made their decisions where they did and and we'll see what tonight's game brings and if the Suns can get anything out of it yeah KO I I I agree I I think after the coaching staff probably got to look at the way the Suns starters approached that game last night and again if 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 all you're thinking about in a game is don't get hurt first of all that's how you end up getting hurt it's it's time to shut it down if the next time we see the Suns play meaningful basketball is game one of the Western Conference playoffs Kellen where are you at with what you're seeing right now about what Monty is doing with Cameron Payne, where do you think this is heading come playoff time in terms of his spot in the rotation? And does he have one? I got to be honest, I don't really think it matters that much at all. Uh, I think it mattered a whole lot more a year or two ago. But what they're going to be doing with Devin Booker playing 40-plus minutes, with Kevin Durant playing 40-plus minutes, is Devin Booker is going to play the whole first and third quarter, and then when he goes for his rest, Kevin Durant is going to be in there, and what they've been doing the last couple of games is having Chris Paul out there with him too. And that 
mitigates the need for someone like Cameron Payne. It's the reason, I think, why we've seen Landry Shamit get out there. It was in the second half last night, and then it was in the full game against San Antonio, where you just kind of let Book run the offense because it, that is what you can do with these three types of ball handlers and having three of them on your team. This is a team that really, really needed ball handlers in a really dire way a year or two ago. But when you add someone of Durant's stature, you just don't really need it as much anymore. And that's where you just go and take that part out of the equation from what Cam brings and just wonder, not wonder, but look at the positives he brings and compare them to everyone else on the floor. I still think that he has a role in a, in a rotation spot on the team, but there might be some nights, guys, where he plays five or six minutes, and that's, that's not because of him. It's just because of the other guys. Like it, I really don't think that that role – and the depth specifically is really anything to worry or focus too much about with this team because the bottom line is it comes down to those four guys and how many minutes they are going to be playing is just going to dictate that. If you look through KD's history as a player, I asked him last night, like, how, how did it feel? Did you like the fact that you were able to get a total in the 40s here before the regular season? And then he, he said, like, I like that number 40. Like, that's where he wants it to be. And if you look at his playoff numbers over his career, like, he's playing 42, 45, 47, 43. Like, he rarely sits in playoff games. And Booker is the same kind of way. Chris is going to wind up around 36 to 40 as well. So I, I just don't think that there's really – the need for a role there for campaign, and I think that there's room to experiment with it like Monty has been doing. Yep, Kellen has been uh, kind enough to uh, stick around for another segment with us as we continue to talk Suns basketball and the NBA right on the doorstep of the playoffs. We'll do that next with Kellen Olson here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Sunday presented by Michelob Ultra. Bigley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley Murata Mornings on this Friday. Tim Ring in for Bick as we continue our Suns and NBA discussion with uh, Kellen Olson. And Sarah Palooza. And Sarah Palooza. And Juvenile. Yes. Juvenile is a perfect way to describe this show. I'll tell you that much right now. Uh, Kellen Olson joins us uh, for a second segment here on the Arizona Sports Line. Uh, the Chris Paul experience has, has been, I think, very interesting to watch, Kellen. Uh, seeing him make the adjustments to being off the ball, he's talked about it freely. And, you know, the game against Oklahoma City on Sunday, he came on the TV interview afterwards and said he was mad at himself for passing up threes. He's not passing up those threes anymore, and he knocks down seven last night while he has two assists. I am so fascinated by watching what Chris Paul is becoming, especially at this point of his career, at this point in the season. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's interesting because you could certainly make the case that this is more or less what he planned for. And what I mean by that is we saw the way and the level that he was playing at over the first couple of months of the season. And it certainly felt like he was playing at a dictated pace, borderline managing or saving himself for later in the season. And I think we've started to see the gears spinning. Certainly the best he's played this season has been in the last four to six weeks. And then the threes have really been a big part of his game here in the last week. I just think that it is even more crucial for him with Kevin Durant in the fold for him to be taking those threes because Devin Booker does draw double teams. We've talked about that a lot in the past, but 
he does not draw double teams the way that Kevin Durant does. They've changed a lot of their offense and slowed it down to include uh, to include isolations in the mid post for Kevin Durant. The reason why they do that is because if a double doesn't come, Kevin Durant's probably going to score. And if a double does come, it triggers their ball rotations. And when it does, Chris Paul's normally the guy that gets the ball when he's open and is the guy that has to shoot. And he has been shooting a lot more lately. And it's been going in because as we've talked about all year, even going back to last year, he shoots above 40% over his career on catch-and-shoot threes. He's been a good catch-and-shoot three-point shooter, but he's only taken about uh, not even a full one a game uh, looking over the course of his career. But he's taking over two a game since Kevin Durant got here. He's taking like one and a half a game for the season right now. And he needs to keep taking them because the opportunities are going to come in the postseason for sure. Uh, Kellen, when this offense is functioning at a high level in ways that you just described, where does DeAndre Ayton fit in? Where will his points come from? Where does he need to score? Where will the opportunities be for D.A. when the offense is, again, functioning the way it should be, the way Monty wants it to? They will come where they always have, which is for him – rolling to the rim when defenses don't commit to him. We saw last night how the Suns ran the same play on three straight possessions. It worked for them in OKC. It worked for them again last night. On the second trip down, Kevin Durant gets an open corner three because of the uh, weak side defender coming over to help on DeAndre Ayton's roll. Next time down, that defender stays on Kevin Durant, and then DeAndre Ayton is wide open under the basket, and he gets free throws. I think that that's kind of the example of when he is going to get his point. And it's borderline ironic how his role changes now because before mm-hmm. Kevin Durant got here, I think that there was a clearly defined amount of the offense that could run around DeAndre Ayton and get him the ball. And, of course, that was not the case. His role and just his involvement still rapidly fluctuated. That is what is going to happen now. Like That is almost a certain thing that is going to happen now. Some nights he is going to take six or seven shots. Some nights he might take 15 to 18. It's really going to depend on what the defense is choosing to give away. I'm sure that if the Suns go to the finals, at least one of those four matchups is going to include a team being like, yes, DeAndre Ayton score 30 points tonight. That's okay. Because Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are the other choices. <laughs> it's like, right. You might just want to see if DeAndre Ayton can beat you as opposed to those two guys. Mm-hmm. No offense to DA. He's a really good player, but I mean, Book's a top 10 player in the league. Kevin Durant's arguably the best player in the world. So there's going to be a team that chooses to let him beat them. And it's going to be interesting to see if he is up for the task. I think that he has been more often than not, especially in that New Orleans series when Book went down. uh, He was up for it. Kellen, with the Suns at four, regardless of who the opposition is in the first round of the playoffs, whether it's the Clippers, Lakers, Pelicans, or Warriors, it's going to be a tough series. Um, and, and I've you know resolved myself to that fact. But I, I would love to pick your brain uh, and, and the way your basketball computer brain works. What do you think is the best matchup for the Suns in, in the first round, potentially, of those four teams? I think that it's the Clippers, and and to be honest, Vince, I, I kind of disagree with you. I, I wrote on ArizonaSports.com earlier in the week ranking those four teams that are possible for them, the Pelicans, the Lakers, the Clippers, and the fourth one that I'm forgetting is the Golden State Warriors, of course, the defending champions. Of course, they're the one that I <laughs> forgot. Uh, I don't really think that there's a big difference between those four. I know a lot of people listening are going to be like, you should be much more afraid of the Warriors, or perhaps there's some people buying into the Lakers there. I don't really think there's this huge gap between okay. the four of them. I think that the the Clippers are the most preferable matchup, not even on the Paul George front, just because they've been such a static kind of chaotic team. They've had this really weird season where they've had a top 10 
offense this year since the turn of the new year in 2023, but they're tied for 20th in offensive rating right now, which means, yes, their offense was horrible in 2022. In those first 38 games, I believe they were 28th is the stat that I had in offensive rating. They were terrible, and their defense has kind of been more in the same line. So as a team, figuring out who their five best guys are, you've got the Russell Westbrook problem, not only on offense for them, but on defense. I know that he has been good for them, but for them to consistently rely on him with how, again, static, chaotic, it kind of fits him and him being on that team, especially defensively, they could find ways to attack him if he's going to remain a starter in that kind of situation. So I think that it is ultimately the Clippers, and that's a team that they have the odds of playing right now but honestly if it's the Warriors the Pelicans the Lakers I'm not too worried about it I'm not too worried about I think that it'll be a tough series like you said but I'm confidently picking the Suns against any four of those teams Kellen as you widen out take a look at the Western Conference want to ask you about the top seed Denver you know it would appear that they are kind of skidding into the end of the season a little bit in disarray perhaps taking on water is that a fair assessment or are they just not playing their guys enough and they I mean, pretty much know what they've got and they're going to flip the switch and get it back going again with Jokic and Murray come playoff time? Or is this a, a very vulnerable number one seed right away when the playoffs begin? Like they could go down right away in the conference quarterfinals. I think that it's a mix of all three of those things. I think that it almost always is the case with anything like that. I think that they've got the chance to win the West just like six or seven other teams do, to be honest. But I also think that depending on the matchup, they've got a chance of getting bounced in the first round. I just think that whenever you're a contending team in any situation, you need to have a really good defensive backbone. And I just don't know if they have it. Like Aaron Gordon is a good defender. Contavious Caldwell Pope is a good defender. Michael Ford Jr. is not a good one. Jamal Murray is, has proven not to be a good one, and especially in the playoff setting, I think would get exposed a bit. And I, I think that they survive with Jokic in their defense, but at the same time in the playoffs, it becomes a lot more magnified. And if they run into the right kind of matchup where they're facing a team on offense that can really do some damage against them, of course, like the Lakers come to mind, right, because of the Anthony Davis and LeBron James issues that they would be dealing with there. I think Dallas comes to mind as well in terms of the shootout that those two teams could have. I think that there are some issues that they could run into in terms of a matchup where it could cause problems for them. But at the same time, you look at them offensively and what Jokic does, there's a lot there. And it's not like they're bad defensively by any means. I'm just saying that the championship-level defense might not be there. I have concerns about them losing in the first round. Like, Have we ever gone into a playoffs before where we thought, like, yeah, the one and two seed could lose in the first round? Like, that's actually a possibility? Right. That could happen <laughs> this year. And, and it speaks to how absolutely insane the Western Conference has been this year, and, and I think that's going to keep up in the playoffs. I think it's going to get more crazy. And K- Kellen, and the three seed. I, I could see the Warriors taking out the Kings. I mean, you could have the top three seed go down in the West. Crazy. We all love yeah, a Cinderella story, I, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Kings are vulnerable as well with their defensive issues. Yeah, I, I, like there could be a scenario where the Suns hold home court, like if they're at the, as the four seed. I, the crazier things that have not happened, but they could this year. It'd be like the Cardinals hosting the NFC Championship game in '09. Nobody expected that to happen. Did anything happen in, in our two segments yet with the Cardinals? Or are they okay? Has um, anything gone on since? Well, we still have an hour plus left in the show, so we'll. They're okay for now, but we'll see. One day <laughs> since incident. Oh my gosh! Okay, Kellen great stuff as always uh, we appreciate it thanks brother 
Kellen Olson. You read his stuff, too, on uh, ArizonaSports.com. New article just published this morning about Kevin Durant and LeBron James starting the next chapter of their rivalry, which has been on hold for quite some time and probably will remain on hold tonight.